When passion, perseverance, and performance join forces, success is born. When your lifestyle is cultivated around physical and mental well-being, winning is inevitable. If you're somebody who likes to set goals and crush them too, you've come to the right place. This is putting yourself first. This is motivation. This is the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. This is Julie, your host, here to bring you weekly wellness tips to help you live happier, healthier, and make real progress towards your goals. On today's episode, I'm coming at you from my brand new home office studio. I'm super excited that I have a really awesome place to create podcasts now, create content, and continue to pursue my dreams. And on today's episode, I'm going to speak a little bit in the fitness realm, talking about warming up for your workouts. I think the warm-up is a crucial part of any workout plan, not just for preventing injuries, but also for maximizing performance and eliciting mental preparedness for the workout. A lot of us get to the gym and just jump right into whatever activity it is that we're going to do. Or maybe you get home from work, you change, and you just go right out for a run, which I do this all the time. It's definitely something that a lot of us kind of neglect the warm-up. I think partially because it's boring, Um, maybe partially because we think it's not necessary and we want to just get to the meat of our workout. Um, But also, I think a lot of us aren't really quite sure what the proper way is to structure a workout, maybe what kinds of things we should be doing. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about a framework that you can use to build a good warm-up for yourself to truly get the most out of your workouts and make sure that they feel good as well. So the three steps that I follow when I'm creating my warm-ups are step one, which is arousal, step two, activation, and step three, addressing weaknesses. So diving into those one at a time, kind of the whole purpose of a warm-up before an exercise is to arouse your body, to get your body ready for the physical demands of whatever it is that you are going to do. So physiological arousal includes things like raising your body temperature, getting your blood pumping and flowing to the muscles, getting your heart rate up, your respiratory rate up. All of these things that have to happen for you to be able to run or lift weights or perform high intensity exercise, whatever it is that you're after in your workout, you're going to need that level of physiological arousal. And the thing about this is, in my opinion, when we get started with whatever the plan is for the day, whether you're showing up to a CrossFit gym or you're doing your workout in the gym that your coach gave you or you're going out for a run, Before you actually start that activity, you should be sweating a little bit. Like whatever you're doing for your warm-up should escalate you to the level that you want to be at when you're actually working out. And I think this is especially important if you're somebody who works out early in the morning or if you hit the gym after work and you feel kind of like sluggish after a long day, your body is likely ramped down because you're tired. So you might need to give it a little bit of extra attention to, again, get it to the level that it needs to be to perform. 
And many of us don't work like, you know, like a typical light switch where you're, you're sitting at your desk at work or you're sitting in classes or, you know, you're going about your daily routine and then all of a sudden you get to the gym and you have to just turn it on. You got to just turn your nervous system on. It's not like a light switch for most people where you can just jump right in and crush it. Now, some people are like this, but for me personally, I'm kind of more like that dimmer light switch. You know, the light switches that you get to like push the little thing up or down and you can like control the perfect amount of light in the room. That's kind of like how my body works. I might walk into the gym with the lights totally off, nervous system is ramped down, and I'm going to take quite a bit of time to push that dimmer light switch all the way up to get my nervous system activated to where it has to be. And that is so true for me. If I walk into the gym and I rush into my workout and I get under the barbell, I'm not going to perform very well. But if I give myself the time to get ready, it's astronomical how much better I feel, how much more I feel my muscles working properly. Um, and again, just setting myself up for success. So some ways that you can elicit phase one arousal is things like cardio machines super easy way to get your heart rate up hop on a bike a ski erg a rower walk or jog on the treadmill a little bit Um, you can do like a dynamic warm-up you know some of the like more plyometric type of stretches butt kicks um, like frankensteins like those kinds of stretches that maybe you did as an athlete maybe you like to jump rope you can do a couple sets of jump rope to get your heart rate up Anything that feels good for you that's going to just simply wake your body up and elicit some of those physiological changes is a win in my book. So once we get past that arousal, which for me is like five minutes of this kind of cardio portion, we'll say, to get ready, then we're going to move on to phase two, which is activation. So for the activation stage, we're focusing more on asking the question of like, What are the main muscle groups that I'm working in this session? What are the main movement patterns that I'm performing? And then getting your body primed to work those muscles and perform those movements. So let's say you're going into the gym and you are hitting an upper body workout. Maybe you're going to do some overhead pressing. Maybe you'll do some pulling. Maybe it's chest day. Maybe it's back day. Maybe it's just everything upper body. Whatever it is, ask yourself like, What muscles am I targeting here? And then find a way to warm them up. So for example, I worked chest in the gym yesterday, chest and triceps. And for me, my warm-up consisted of working on some kind of pushing motions prior to starting. So some low-intensity push-ups, just focusing on squeezing my chest muscles. Um, I love to do a lot of like high plank stability exercises. So things like kettlebell pull-throughs. Um, a lot of supine kettlebell work, so laying on my back, holding a kettlebell overhead, doing some different like shoulder motions with that, some half Turkish get-ups, things like that are really helpful for me to activate the muscles that I need in my upper body workout, to get my scapular stabilizers going, to get my rotator cuff turned on. These muscles that I know I want active, and especially the muscles that I know take a little bit of time to kind of get on board and get ready for activity. Let's say you're going out for a run. It's very easy to picture the types of movements you're doing when you're running, right? You're pretty much working everything in your body, even your upper body. 
Um, but obviously, primarily your legs, your glutes and your hamstrings and your quads and your hip flexors and your calves. So find ways to warm those muscles up. That dynamic warm-up is great. You know, butt kicks and um, doing like different calf raise exercises maybe. Like whatever you can do to kind of get those muscles going is going to be a way to activate them. Especially for runners, I love to do single leg activities because when we think about actually breaking down the movement of running, it's really just a series of single leg stance and single leg push-offs over and over and over again. So your activation stage should be working on your single leg power and your single leg strength. So maybe doing things like some lunges, some single leg RDLs, working those movement patterns that are going to help you perform that running. If you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. Effectively and efficiently. So again, just asking that question, activation, what muscles am I working here? How can I give them a little bit of a head start? How can I wake them up so they are ready to go, get that motor unit recruitment going? And then how can you just get your body primed for the exercise? If you are working your legs, do some squat patterns in your warm-up to get your body ready for that activity. And then phase three is addressing your weaknesses. So many of us, especially if you're somebody who's been training for a while and you're kind of really dialed into whatever activity you're doing, maybe it's Olympic lifts and CrossFit, maybe it's running, um, or maybe it's just going to the gym and kind of doing your general exercises that you enjoy. Over time, a lot of us will start to notice some limiting factors. Maybe there's a certain exercise that you know is good for you, but it doesn't really feel great or you don't really feel your muscles like working well, or maybe you have an activity that you might even feel like a little bit of pain with towards the end of a set or something like that. Maybe you've had an injury in the past and you've gone through physical therapy for your shoulder or your knee or your ankle and you know that that body part deserves a little bit of extra love and attention because of what it's been through in the past. 
That's where you want to address your weaknesses. You want to give those limiting factors some time to get ready for the movement so that they're less likely to get in your way when you're actually performing exercise. So let me give you some examples here. Let's talk about the squat, for example. One of the most common exercises and best exercises in the book is a squat. Some people, when they go to squat, they might have trouble keeping their feet flat. Maybe as you go down for a squat, you're watching yourself in the mirror and as you're moving, your feet turn out a lot or maybe your heels lift up when you get to the bottom. Maybe in that case, it's possible that you have an ankle mobility restriction. Maybe you've been told that in the past, that your ankles are a little bit stiff or what have you. So before you go and squat, I want you to perform some ankle mobility drills. Give the ankle the time and the attention to improve that a little bit before you jump into the squat. So for me, I love to do like half kneeling dorsiflexion work, uh, maybe using a kettlebell for a little bit of overpressure. I also love to just do like assisted deep squats. So holding onto a rig, holding onto a barbell, holding onto something stable with your hands, squatting down as low as you can go, and really forcing your knees over your toes while keeping your feet flat. This is also a drill that I like to do for opening up my hips. So from a personal standpoint, when I'm doing my back squats, I have a little bit more trouble getting into and out of the bottom position of the squat, partially because of some hip mobility stuff, partially because of some stability limitations. But if I know that when I'm squatting, the hardest part of the movement for me is getting out of the hole, I'm going to warm that up a little bit. So I'm going to spend some time sitting in the deep squat, using some light weight to improve my stability in that position. Does my thought process make sense here? You know, ask yourself, what's the limiting factor? Let's take running, for example. One of my limiting factors when I run is my foot intrinsic muscles fatigue very quickly. Like, I'm not really actively running right now, to be honest with you. Um, But in certain seasons where I was training for the half marathons that I ran, I would hit, you know, mile five or six and get like burning and cramping in my feet. And it took me a very long time to kind of figure this out and work through this. And honestly, I might not have truly figured it out. But one thing I noticed is that when I took time to specifically activate and exercise my foot intrinsic muscles prior to running, I was able to last a lot longer. So maybe that initial pain would start coming on around 60 minutes into the run. And then I was able to push it back to like 80 minutes. So by doing some isolated foot intrinsic warm-up stuff, and for me, this is typically single leg exercises without shoes on, is a great way to warm up the feet. Um, It just, it lets me, it propels me forward and lets me perform better. But you have to be able to identify what your weaknesses are. Maybe on upper body day. Let's say you're doing some overhead press work. Maybe it's like Olympic jerks and stuff like that, or maybe you're just doing shoulder press, bench press, any kind of pressing. And maybe you get a little bit of shoulder pain, or when you're pressing overhead, you have trouble achieving that full lockout position, or you feel like your body isn't very stable. These are common things that can occur when you've got a thoracic mobility restriction. And this is something that I deal with on a regular basis, um, so I can speak from experience here. 
the thoracic spine, the middle part of your back tends to be stiff in a lot of people. And that's okay. You know, we're not all going to move perfectly. But since I know that when I'm doing overhead pressing work, I have trouble maintaining an upright torso. I have trouble not arching my back. I'll get a little bit of right shoulder pain sometimes. Before I do my upper body pressing, I'm going to work on some T-spine mobility. I love to do thoracic extension passively, like well, actively over like a medicine ball or a bench, um, thoracic rotation exercises, using a kettlebell for some overpressure. There's so many different options. But again, what is your weakness? Is it hip mobility? Is it glutes fatiguing quickly? Is it glutes not feeling active during your workout? You're not feeling that good squeeze. Is it back pain? Maybe you've got to give a little bit of attention to some of the supporting muscles, your glutes and your back itself and your core, whatever it is. Work on those weaknesses for just a few minutes prior to your exercises. So when I open up my thoracic spine, when I extend and rotate and push into those limitations and then I go and press, it feels a whole lot better. So I'm going to be able to push more weight. I'm going to get more out of my workout, which is then going to give me the long-term benefits that I'm looking for. And it's not to say that doing two minutes of thoracic extension over a bench is going to fix my T-spine issue, but in the short term, it's going to enable me to perform better. And the real solution is going to be to work on that multiple times a day for multiple weeks which I'm getting there. I don't, I don't always practice what I preach, I'll be honest. So my goal of the week for you this week is to think about this framework and find a way to implement it into your workouts. Arousal, activation, address weaknesses. Take a look at your training. What does your working out look like? What does your exercises look like? And what's the hardest part for you? Give yourself that 10 minutes of time to work up a little bit of a sweat, get your body going, get your nervous system going, address those weaknesses, and set yourself up for a successful workout mentally, physically, and just in order to feel your best. I guarantee by spending a little bit more time easing into it, like we mentioned before, pushing that dimmer switch up nice and slow until the light is fully on, until your nervous system is fully active. Oh my God, it can make a world of difference, guys. It's been a game changer for me. It's something that I'm focusing a lot more on now that I didn't used to pay attention to in the past. And I would love if you implemented it and let me know how it improves your workouts. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. I hope you will take arousal, activate and address your weaknesses into your own training plan in order to improve your performance and help you perform your workouts with more ease and more enjoyment. If you're enjoying the show, I would love if you left me a rating and review on your favorite platform and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we will be back next week with another episode.